Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is part of E2C Network, where we share the whole Auburn experience. Where you go, Auburn fans? We have an exciting guest for you. I decided to bring back Swaggy Z, or Mark Zoller, whatever you want to call him, Maryland fan extraordinaire. You might know him from our preview show from the bowl game that never happened because we don't, as Auburn fans, want to think about that bowl game. But... Mark's a, an amazing uh, Maryland fan, and I thought since we just hired DJ Durkin, who was at uh, at Maryland as a head coach for a few years, I wanted to bring on Mark and give you a, a different perspective on uh, what happened since uh, I know Mark uh, followed it very closely, even closer than a lot of us Auburn fans at the time. So, Mark, how you doing, and uh, what's your thoughts about DJ. Hey, AJ. Uh, great to be back with you and the, the Auburn football community. It's uh, kind of interesting how our uh, the Maryland and Auburn uh, paths start or seem to be crisscrossing a lot lately. So um, <laughs> I love yeah, it. good to be with you again and and happy to shed some light on uh, on your new defensive coordinator. So um, so DJ, uh, obviously, his pedigree as a defensive coach is, you know, is top notch. As, as you know, he most recently mm-hmm. comes from a couple of years at Texas A&M. And before that, um, uh, on the staff at Ole Miss, I think he was co-defensive coordinator there. And as I recall, uh, Lane, you know, really liked him, wanted to keep him. But I think Jimbo Fisher offered him, you know, something like double the money. And <laughs> yeah. You know, so he's um, in addition to these last two stops uh, before he was at Maryland, um, he was the defensive coordinator at Michigan and also um, at Florida even before that. So, you know, naturally, those are really those are marquee jobs for a defensive coach. Um, Clearly, Michigan has a, you know, legacy of of solid defense and really Florida does, too. I know they've been down a little bit, um, but Certainly uh, having a, a role there um, at Florida says a lot about the kind of coach he is and hopefully gives Auburn fans some confidence about, you know, his footprint in in uh, SEC country. So he's he spent now he's had three. This will be his fourth position at an SEC school. I think he knows the recruiting territory well. Uh, and he's a he's an extremely high energy guy and he's the kind of guy that mm-hmm. will. Um, he'll sell energy and he'll sell passion, and he's he's the type of coach that gets people excited just to be a part of the program, and certainly that's something you need in in uh, on the 
recruiting trail in the SEC for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And when I brought you on, yeah, like I, I was thinking, you know, like he, he knew what he was as a head coach, but it's also good to hear, you know, you've kind of seen him around as a defensive coordinator and I've heard the same thing as you as a defensive coordinator. He's top notch. Uh, there's, there's people, I mean, even right before Auburn hired DJ Durkin, Durkin was getting kind of interviewed by Bama. And that was right before Saban announced his retirement. So Saban wanted him. And so that kind of shows you he wanted uh, there, there are other teams wanting DJ Durkin. I mean, he even turned down the Missouri job um, apparently um, as defensive coordinator. So again, people were wanting DJ Durkin. Um, now, now I do want to talk about kind of the elephant in the room with DJ Durkin in Maryland. And this is kind of the, the reason I, I saw a lot of people, you know, almost in uproar, it felt like for the first day or so. And if I'm being honest, it felt like the same people that were getting in uproar about DJ Durkin getting hired as defensive coordinator were the same people that I saw getting in uproar uh, when we announced that Hugh Freeze was our next head coach. And, you know, maybe there's something there, right? You know, personality, the, you know, the history, the baggage, you know, that kind of stuff. But I want to dig into what really happened at Maryland, because I think the the headline is DJ Durkin is a terrible person and should never be trusted and should never coach ever again. Like that seems to be some people's sentiment. And I don't think that's justified. I don't think there's a when you start looking at what's happening. And this is why, Mark, I wanted to bring you in. Um, so, so, Mark, could you give us yeah, some backstory yeah, so- on all that? Yeah, let's dive into it. So certainly um, the perspective I'll give you, AJ, is naturally it's that of a, a fan and obviously a close fan of, of the Maryland program over the years and and someone who followed the story. But, you know, I followed it from the outside like um, like everyone else did. So first and foremost, I mean, one one sort of distinction I'll draw between what perhaps people were concerned about when Auburn made the decision to hire Hugh Freeze um, and now this decision with D.J. Durkin, of course, uh, you know, a young man, Jordan McNair, uh, valued, you know, member of the Maryland team, beloved by his teammates, lost his life. And mm-hmm. so, so naturally that that sends uh, huge shockwaves through a program and um, launched a, a detailed and lengthy and extremely high profile invest- investigation as it should. So one thing I'll say at the outset um if you if you look at the the history of that event and and the investigation, the family of Jordan McNair um, were adamant um, that you know DJ had responsibility and and that um, their feeling was that you know young men shouldn't be entrusting the care of or family shouldn't be entrusting the care of their young men their sons uh, mm-hmm. to him as a coach and and so clearly you know they certainly know a lot more about the details of of what transpired than I do. And and whatever the McNair family had to say about uh, the whole event and the chain of events and what the evidence suggested about um, both uh, DJ Durkin as well as the rest of the staff, I would say simply that anyone who wants to look at at this issue in depth should take a close look at their statements about it and, you know, what they what they concluded. Um, and and th- this far downstream, I don't, you know, certainly offhand um, 
remember all of the details around that, but I do know that the family was quite outspoken in the aftermath of of the tragic death of, of their son, which has been, you know, certainly a difficult weight for the Maryland community and the, you know, the football program to bear um, ever since then. And, and uh, to any, you know, Maryland fans, certainly to the McNair family, you know that um, uh, Jordan's, you know, memory is is not forgotten. And and those of us who follow the program have, you know, certainly held him uh, close to our hearts ever since. So, um, all that said, AJ, I, I would say, as as you'll recall, maybe there was a there was a lengthy investigation. It involved um, some appointees by by the governor, um, and mm-hmm. it included, as I recall, the 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 board that they convened to um, to oversee this matter. Even included. Uh, to uh, previous, you know, governors of the state uh, and some other very high-profile uh, people in both government in Maryland and then, you know, connected to the university and, and the sports programs. And so, after a, a very lengthy investigation, um, they reinstated uh, DJ for a day, and then there was a huge mm-hmm. pub- public uproar, and then they made the quick decision uh, to terminate him. And so uh-huh. the reason I the reason I mention that is that even that fact suggests that um, that that the evidence was such that maybe the, you know the culpability for the issues in the program um, may have you know probably extended beyond Coach Durkin in terms of uh, the accountability and and you know what yeah. was really happening there. So a lot of the so there's kind of multiple issues at play. I, I think that. You know, they're, naturally, they're somewhat intertwined. Like, what is this culture that led to, you know, the unfortunate death of of this young man? Um, now, whether or not that was directly attributable to whatever the issues were in the program, I mean, it, it, it's impossible for me to say. Um, but certainly, uh, the you know the workouts that they were involved in, and and whether or not they were taking enough breaks and hydrating the athletes appropriately, mm-hmm. you know, is something that people should should examine. And that was that was naturally one, you know, the most important set of events was understanding, you know, why this occurred and how they could put corrective action in place to keep another uh, tragedy like that from happening. And then it, while all this was going on, as I recall, it was an expose that was um, out of Sports Illustrated that reported on this uh, evidence of a toxic culture in the in the football mm-hmm. program. Yeah, I and, remember that too. Yeah, and 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 to those of us that were fans of the program or you know who follow it, it, it was it was all news at the time. I mean, certainly everyone was focused on what had happened um, on the situation with Jordan, and and then this was all sort of a a, a new set of of uh, of you know reports that came out, and they centered a lot, it, as I recall, or it seemed to me around the strength and condition conditioning coach, a, a guy named Rick Court, who I think mm-hmm. was, um, you know, well known in that role in, in college football and had been known to be effective as a strength and conditioning coach. And a lot of the sort of nuts and bolts about, uh, you know, what was happening and examples of why the culture was toxic, which I think were substantiated. I mean, clearly, yeah, you know, they had a problem there. But and, what, and there were I saw some players reports of them coming out and talking about specific examples like even one of the interesting ones was you know apparently there was a culture of toxic eating which i didn't even know that was a thing where they essentially force people to eat unhealthy things or force people to gain weight they would force them to eat until they're about to 
vomit, which I think is absolutely atrocious. That obviously that's kind of weird, but if that kind of thing is happening, maybe there's you know something slightly deeper that you know that was going on, and you know that that was kind of brought to light through all this. Yes, and I and I remember like one other example was that maybe you know players were either encouraged or perhaps even forced to watch um, I know videos or things that 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 suggested that were based on like violent behavior and mm. and meant to sort of amp guys up and get them sort of into that you know that football playing mindset yeah. of of violence and aggression right and yeah. so if they and and all of those things if they were substantiated you know naturally they were problematic and they needed to be ferreted out and so at the end of the day i'll, I'll make a couple of statements about it i mean dj durkin was ahead of the program so naturally you need to hold the head of the program accountable at some level mm-hmm. and ultimately they did if they if, Many would argue that they got it wrong initially and that they were forced to get it right in in terminating DJ. Um, But the second thing I'll suggest is that if you look at the details, that there were some systemic problems in in the program that probably went above and beyond uh, the the position of the head football coach. Meaning, as I recall, you know, one of the uh, one of the rationales or the answers to the criticism that DJ had was that. Uh, that, you know, Rick Court actually didn't report to him. He reported to one of the assistant ADs in terms of the, oh. the in terms of the chain of command and the way that the yeah, organization yeah. was structured. And so, so then it's, there, it, it's like partially on that, you know, associate AD. Well, it, let's put it this way. If there was not direct line of sight and accountability from all positions up to the head football coach, and if the athletic department sort of supported a structure that made mm-hmm. the lines of reporting unclear uh, or, you know, vague in any way, that in itself is a, is a problem, in, in at least right. in my view. And so, you know, here is one example of, well, now we're looking at how did the institution manage the program at that level and you know then that raised some additional questions and perhaps mm-hmm. some reason to say that um this was not you know not all uh you know necessarily attributable to one person and then so sort of the the ins and outs of how much did uh did the head coach know about these troubling you know activities that were reported yeah. Either no and or endorse, you know, that's all a matter of 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 sort of conjecture and and going back to look at, you know, what people actually had to say about it. So I think that puts you in a situation, AJ, where if you're in the if you're in that position as DJ Durkin was, there's kind of no good answer to that yeah. question. Either yeah, that... either you were full you were fully aware and supported it or fully yeah. aware and kind of looked the other way or in you know, sort of option number three is not fully aware of what was going on in your in your own program. Any of those scenarios right. is, is you know a uh, suboptimal, certainly to say the least, yeah. and will lead you know to problems. And 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 naturally it did in that case. And the, to what degree those problems you can draw a line to the you know tragic unfortunate death of Jordan McNair. And it's I can't you know I, I can't really say, but all of these things sort of. Um, you know, coalesced at, at one time and and ultimately, um, you know, cost DJ Durkin uh, the job. And it was a it was a really difficult time for the program uh, to have to, you know, I think first to just have to absorb the shock of losing a beloved teammate like Jordan McNair and then 
then having to sort of unravel, you know, what was everything that happened afterwards. So I think to kind of fast forward this to, well, what does this mean for the Auburn community? I think one important note would be that while, um, you know, DJ has had opportunities with elite DC roles, you know, since the time he left Maryland, to my mm-hmm. knowledge, he's he's not had he's not been considered for any additional head you know coaching opportunities, and yeah. and that certainly has to be an outcome of of everything that happened at Maryland. So as a DC, he is not the person who's ultimately accountable for everything that happens in the program. That's going to be the purview of any head coach he's serving under, and you know whether or not that's an acceptable level of um, you know risk for a university to accept is for each university to determine on its own, but clearly mm-hmm. Ole Miss and Texas A&M and now Auburn have determined that, you know, that's a level of accountability that they're comfortable with. Um, another thing I'll say is just anecdotally, as as I recall, when all of the investigation was going on that, you know, DJ had a lot of support inside of the program. There, you know, all of the reports about people who had direct interactions with him, yeah. Um, who had relationships with him, both in terms of players and coaches and boosters and parents. Many people rallied to his side in, uh, you know, to support him, whether or not I'm taking a position on whether or not, you know, that's the right or wrong thing to do. But simply to suggest that um, even in the midst of all of that, there were a lot of people that were supportive of him um, and certainly a lot of people that, uh, you know, held him accountable for um for everything that happened. So, you know, I think that he's been an effective person in terms of building relationships, in terms of recruiting. One thing I'll tell you, and in terms of the kind of attitude he brings uh, to the role, I remember when he first took the job and there was a lot of enthusiasm around him. You know, he was really, Mm -hmm. he was one of the guys that was on a meteoric rise in the coaching ranks as a young coach. I, I remember you getting pretty excited about him when we were chatting about it. When we used to work together because I, yeah. I knew the name DJ Durkin because you talked so highly of him and you know how he was changing the program and all this stuff. And then, of course, this came out and that's when uh, crap started hitting the fan. And you're just like, what is happening? How much of this is true? How much of this falls on the head coach? And I think your your answer in a lot of ways has helped us, uh, at least me as an Auburn fan, understand there's there's probably way more to it considering Maryland was even willing to reinstate him to me that's very telling that even Maryland couldn't find complete fault in him uh for Jordan McNair's death as tragic as it is uh it, it was other people like Rick Court and others that you know possibly you know put the situation and the environment around that uh you know again does it fall on the head coach I agree. I think that's like any anything bad that happens at a company. It should ultimately come back up to the CEO um, to be accountable for it. But how much does that you know, that one person um, have responsibility for? I think that's uh, yeah. And question. I think it's it's a question of uh, look. I I don't I have not really heard DJ Durkin talk about uh, you know what happened in Maryland probably you know since he since he left. Certainly, as a young, as a new head coach at the time, inexperienced, I would have to think that um, he would suggest that 
um, he had a lot to learn that he made, you know, a lot of mistakes as a head coach. And, yeah. and it's, you know, and, and it's an awful way to have to learn a lesson to have, you know, one of the young men under your care um, lose his life and yeah. all the pain and suffering that that caused, um, you know, Jordan's family and then by extension, the community, but uh, mm-hmm. of both the local community and the community of fans. So I think the question is, um, you know, where does where does one go from there? And from the standpoint of, uh, you know, opportunities at at redemption and within his own career, um, you know, what are those opportunities for him? And so certainly, clearly, with the series of um, roles he's had an opportunity in since the time he left Maryland, he's 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 continue to have a future and a present in coaching as a defensive coordinator. Now, right. perhaps perhaps this is disqualifying from the standpoint of of being the head football coach of a program and having the ultimate responsibility for the players under your care. That might be the case. Mm. And perhaps it, DJ Durkin never has a head, another head coaching job. You know, that's, I guess, you know, only time will tell. Yeah. And, and, you know, I would have thought the same thing about Hugh Freeze and only time told him that, you know, he, he got, you know, the smaller Liberty job and then kind of Auburn's job presented to itself. I mean, who knows DJ Durkin, this could be part of like his, um, you know, Hey, I did wrong. Mayakopa, let's move on. And I have changed as a person and learned a lot from this, which I mean, who, who wouldn't, it was a national news that all of this happened. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I think there's, there's definitely some future for him. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about what you know and what you've experienced from him from a defensive perspective, uh, because I think that's another aspect that Auburn fans are curious about. Um, you know, we've talked about some of his, uh, you know, more recent Ole Miss and Texas A&M, both of his stops at those locations. He's improved their defenses. Um, like, for example, Texas A&M, uh, he got their defense up to the third in the SEC allowing only 316 yards per game last year. So I think there's enough, like if you're looking at him from a coaching perspective and you're saying this is, he knows how to coach defense. I think you got the guy. Um, So Mark, I wanted to get your perspective. What's, what should Auburn fans expect to get from DJ Durkin um, and his defense that he's going to bring to Auburn? Yeah. I mean, I think the, from a, from a pure coaching standpoint and X's and O's, I mean, certainly he knows how to scheme right at this level. I mean, he had proven mm-hmm. that before he ever had the opportunity at Maryland, he was already proven um, from that perspective in terms of the personality. It's, I think he's the kind of coach that you would expect to see his personality translated into the way that his team plays. And that's high energy, uh, yeah. an aggressive style of defense. And so Which, I remember, I remember I was when he first say, came and, and took the. Um, yeah, I was yeah, just going to say we, Auburn's had a couple fiery defensive coordinators recently, uh, Will Muschamp and uh, Kevin Steele, and you can tell they took on the personality of their coach, and and I really appreciated those were some of the best defenses Auburn's had in a while. So just personality-wise, hearing what DJ Durkin and how high energy he is that gets me really excited to see how the players start kind of picking up on that um, and making that part of their identity as a defense. Because, you know, if you, you bring high energy like that and you're just aggressive and just like you, you can make 
incredible plays and opportunities are going to present themselves um, to a good defense like that. Yeah, so I'll tell you one thing that always stuck out when he took the job as the head coach and he was asked a question that was something around, you know, you don't that, you know, Maryland doesn't have the same like top tier talent as some of the marquee programs. And how can you compete? You know, how will you compete? Mm-hmm. And he gave a response that included something around, well, I believe that you can out effort people. And I think that mm-hmm. that's that's a sort of a hallmark of a DJ Durkin mentality and a style of play that, um, you know, whether or not you have the talent, you always have control over the kind of effort that, you know, you show and yeah. that you put into it. And that's what I would really expect to see that he's the kind of guy that's going to get a hundred percent out of what he has. Um, we, during that period, um, we had a home and home against Texas we won both those games. Mm. So just as an example, wow. now granted, That's Texas awesome. wasn't, they weren't back up to the, you know, where they are today, but, the, but, but it's still, um, Texas. still for, like, for a Maryland program to go into Austin and, you know, take down the Longhorns, that tells you something about the kind of effort and the level of belief, you know, that the guys were playing with. And I think that's what DJ sells um, is that we're going to, you know, we're, we're going to work hard and that's going to yield the results and we're all going to get excited about it and rally. And when you, I think when you couple that approach and that kind of mentality with the level of talent that a a brand like Auburn is is able to recruit, you know, then you have an opportunity to have some special units on defense, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I was uh, as you're talking there, there's definitely some characteristics that Auburn's defenses in the past have had. And you look at I'm just thinking about some of our three stars players that you know probably would have gotten overlooked but they got the most out of them because they showed effort and i'm just thinking about the three stars and you know that that we have on our team right now and you know it sounds like dj durkin is going to get the most out of them as well as you know our four and five star defensive players And, and that gets me really excited anytime you you get the most out of players in my mind, that's one of the biggest roles as a head, as a, any kind of coach. Um, and, and if you can do that consistently, you're you're kind of you're setting yourself up for a lot of success. Absolutely. So, I mean, certainly as it relates to pure football um, on the defensive side of the ball, you know, I think you've 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 hired a resource that's extremely proven and whose style of coaching uh, fits really well with you know for SEC football. Yeah, absolutely. And it's good to hear he has experience at now three different SEC schools, um, Ole Miss, Florida and Texas A&M. And and to me, there's also another element, which it sounds like he's also pretty good at it, which is recruiting. And, And to me, recruiting is kind of like a heartbeat. I mean, that's one of the first things I feel like Hugh Freeze just jumps at because he loves recruiting. He he eats, sleeps and breathes it. And to have another guy that can go out there and recruit. And it sounds like DJ has also done that pretty well just because of you know what kind of coach he is and uh, the product on the field he's put together. So I personally love that and uh, really excited to have him. Uh, Mark, any other kind of final thoughts before we uh, let you go? Um, yeah, sorry. I had one thing on my mind. I was going to mention AJ. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sorry. It, it just left me. Let me see if it comes back here for a second, <laughs> but I, I That's all right. I, I did want to say that, um, yeah, so certainly, I mean, you would definitely have to think of DJ as an elite 
um, level recruiter. And so, you know, not only those um, SEC schools that you mentioned, but also uh, the fact that he had the role at Michigan is really a still young coach. And what I was going to what I was thinking about, AJ, I was going to say, is you mentioned when he first uh, got the, you know, the head coaching opportunity at Maryland. And, and yeah, I was pretty excited about that. The reason that that, you know, I thought that might be relevant to the conversation about um, the, this whole notion of the kind of energy he brings to the program. You know, we were we as the, the Maryland community, we were just coming out of um, a very, you know, failed and uh, difficult tenure with Randy Etzel as the coach that, you know, many of us. We can talk about that another time, how he ended up with the job sort of out of left field and none of us um, sort of expected it. And I think the results were kind of what we did expect. And coming out of uh, it was kind of a you know, there's a bit of a cloud over the program at that time, just in terms of the level of energy around mm -hmm. football at Maryland. And and at the time, I thought, well, a program like ours needs one of these sort of you know, young, I can go out and conquer the world types of personalities to really infuse energy and passion into the program. And, you know, at the time, DJ Durkin was the kind of young coach that embodied that. So oh, I think yeah. that's why back when you remember us talking about it and I was excited about it, that was exactly why. And I think he's, you know, still he's that's the thing that makes him tick. And I think he's that's still the kind of energy he's going to bring to his role um, as the new DC uh, at Auburn. And then the last thing I'll say, I uh, haven't covered this topic in a while. So just very briefly, uh, you know, one final shout, shout out to Jordan McNair's family, just to, um, you know, say that um, he's always loved and never forgotten by the Maryland football community. We know nothing can ever take away the pain of his loss, but um, know that um, uh, we're, you know, playing for uh, guys like Jordan every year every yeah. time we suited up for for a new campaign so um we certainly uh, uh wish them the best in all that they're they're doing in life today yeah absolutely and and it's very saddening even for me to think back on that when i was uh, you know watching it from afar hearing things from you back in 2018 when that was all going down and now it's just a, you know obviously you said it earlier but jordan mcnair obviously is not forgotten and there are plenty of people that are still uh, very saddened by what happened there. And uh, I'm, I'm glad some good came of it, that you know, Maryland cleaned some stuff up. Um, it sounds like if DJ Durkin was involved, uh, he has uh, kind of made himself uh, turn away from that and uh, figure out what, what was wrong and how he can uh, be a better coach. Uh and, and not have anything like that ever happen again. So I think ultimately that's, um, there was some good that, that came from such a tragic thing. So, well, I appreciate it. Thanks again, Mark. And, uh, I'm sure with how things are going, we'll probably have you on in another month because that's just the way Maryland news and Auburn news seems to be interacting with each other recently. <laughs> so, hey, more and more. I, I look forward to coming back and it's always a pleasure to be with you guys. Thank you for tuning in today's episode on the E2C Network. On your way out, I want to remind you to stop by E2Cnetwork.com. It's your one-stop shop for all our content across our podcast, YouTube channel, and much more. To stay up to date with us, make sure you're following social media accounts such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. While our content here may always be Auburn sports heavy, if it's orange and blue, 
it's what we do war eagle.